Good morning. Uh, we've come to, that, come to that time in our service where we raise our joys and concerns. So we'd like to keep Pastor Bruce in our prayers um, so he gets feeling better. Are there any joys that anyone has this morning? And everyone's healthy, good to go? Yes. Are there no other joys? Are there any concerns this morning? Oh. It's for um, our niece, Sharon. Uh, she was about nine weeks pregnant. She lost the baby, so. Do you have a first name? Uh, Shannon. And as usual, we have Waylon and Ron on there as well. And also our church um, going through the votes and decisions we have to make, <clears throat> as well as the election Tuesday. Very important everybody gets out and vote. Whatever way you're, you vote, just go vote. Um, For Angie McFarland, um, she has a tumor on her brain, and she goes on the 8th to find out about it. Randy Griffith, he had surgery. Um, a friend of mine, Beth, she had a surgery on Tuesday. My niece, Patty, had a very sick recovery. For my friend, Lisa Schaefer, with cancer, and there are no others let us go before the lord with our joys and our concerns heavenly father we come before you today on this very warm november morning some of us thank you for the warm and some of us don't but we're grateful that you give us this day to come and worship and praise your name and gather in your name we thank you for the birth of children and becoming grandparents and parents and some of us know how that feels and others hopefully will as well. And we just, we have a lot of concerns this week, Lord, from votes and elections. We ask you to be with us as our country and our churches make vital decisions and may they be done with under your will, Lord, but not ours. And we pray for many people this morning, Lord, whether it's test results, healing, loss of loved ones, those dealing with cancer and COVID, we lift up Lisa and Randy, Beth, Patty, Colleen, Ron and Waylon, Pastor Bruce, Shannon, Thomas, Bill Walters, and Tom and Roseanne Burkett. We also lift up our military who give us the, protect us to give us the freedom, Lord, to come and worship and praise you. We pray all these things in your name as we pray the prayer that your son taught his disciples so long ago. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done 
on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And let us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. I don't know what All Saints Day recognition plans Pastor had, so we're going to skip that. And we're going to go to the offertory. If the ushers could please come up to collect today's tithes and offerings. Scripture reading is not going to be what's printed in the bulletin. We are going to read from Luke chapter 20, verses 27 through 38. Hear the word of the Lord. Some of the Sadducees who say there is no resurrection came to Jesus with a question. Teacher, they said, Moses wrote for us that if a man's brother dies and leaves a wife but no children, the man must marry the widow and raise up offspring for her, his brother. Now there were seven brothers. The first one married a woman and died childless. The second and then the third married her. And in the same way, the seven died, leaving no children. Finally, the woman died too. 
Now then, at the resurrection, whose wife will she be, since the seven were married to her? Jesus replied, The people of this age marry and are given in marriage, but those who are considered worthy of taking part in the age to come and in the resurrection from the dead will neither marry nor be given in marriage, and they can no longer die. For they are like the angels. They are God's children, since they are children of the resurrection. But in the account of the burning bush, even Moses showed that the dead rise, for he calls the Lord the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living, for to him all are alive. The word of God for the people of God. So pastor called me yesterday and said he was feeling ill. So short notice, I looked up the lectionary scripture and that's one of them. Then I chose to read that one. Um, I found on a website called Theological Stew, a sermon that I thought was pretty applicable. So I'm going to be reading that sermon today. Again, that's from Theological Stew website. It says, some, some Sadducees, those who say there is no resurrection, came to him and asked a question. Teacher, Moses wrote for us that if a man, man's brother dies, leaving a wife but no children, the man sh shall marry the widow and raise up children for his brother. Now there were seven brothers, the first married and died childless, the second and the third married her, and so in the same way all seven died childless. Finally, the woman also died. In the resurrection, therefore, whose wife will the woman be? For the seven had married her. Jesus said to them, those who belong to this age marry and are given in marriage, but those who are considered worthy of a place in that age and in the resurrection from the dead, neither marry nor are given in marriage. Indeed, they cannot die anymore because they are like angels and are children of God. So in the past, we've heard uh, about Jesus making his way towards Jerusalem when he met the tax collector Zacchaeus. A lot has happened in less than one chapter from the, in this gospel of Luke including Jesus' entrance into Jerusalem on a colt, otherwise known as the triumphal entry. Jesus stood on a hill overlooking the city and wept over Jerusalem. He entered the temple and drove the animal sacrifice merchants and their animals out of the temple and made the religious leaders so angry that they wanted to kill him. Or as the text says, they wanted to lay hands on them right then, but were afraid of the people. Why were they afraid of the people? Because the common people are absolutely spellbound by what Jesus is saying. Despite the grumbling in Jericho when Jesus ate with the sinner Zacchaeus, Jesus has watched as every rival group of religious and political leaders take turns trying to entrap Jesus. And Jesus has, one by one, shut them down. And so the religious leaders are forced to wait until they can manipulate, manipulate the public feeling in their favor. As you know, eventually public feelings do turn and even the common people will want to see Jesus killed. But for now, the tension builds around Jesus. Today, the Sadducees take their turn trying to entrap Jesus and hopefully win the public to their side against him. And we've talked a lot about the Pharisees in the past and even about scribes in, in past sermons and scripture readings, but who are the Sadducees? According to, in the time of Jesus, the Sadducees were the upper class folk who only accepted the first five books of the Old Testament. Those parts supposedly written by Moses, and in those books, resurrection is never mentioned. It 
if God had intended people to be resurrected, God would have told Moses about it, and then Moses would have told them. Except Moses didn't, and that's why they believed that the resurrection was not scriptural and just fantasy. In fact, those in the elite class probably thought the notion of the resurrection was just sour grapes or groups and individuals who hadn't made it like they had. So why did resurrection believers believe in the resurrection, even though Moses never mentioned it? According to the Sadducees, it was because they are still trying to make something out of themselves, unlike the Sadducees who had done that already. So perhaps this paragraph now makes more sense. The Sadducees, believing there is no God-empowered resurrection, the only way a man could... The only way a man... I lost my place. The only way a man, yes, a man that no one cared if the women achieved anything, the only way a man could ensure his continued existence was through having children, or if a woman failed to produce, they needed children before he died. The brother of the man should have helped him by marrying the widow and having children for his brother. This rule had been put in place in the book of Exodus. It was a way of achieving resurrection of sorts through procreation. Since they believed God wasn't interested in maintaining an ongoingness, they would have to take matters into their own hands and do it through their offspring. The whole thing was driven by the fear of death, the fear of going out of existence. So when the Sadducees were trying to stump him, by the way, this is the question that they used in order to silence their resurrection, believing opponents like the Pharisees, Jesus doesn't hesitate. He says, those who belong to this age in marriage are given in marriage, but those who are considered worthy of a place in that age and in the resurrection from the dead, neither marry nor are given in marriage. Indeed, they cannot die anymore because they are like angels and are children of God, being children of the resurrection. So marriage, life, etc., is nothing like it is here. God is a God of the living. In God, everyone is alive, and he brings up Moses at the burning bush as an example. We, God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, meaning God is the God of the living and that those three are still alive. Jesus is trying to get them to see that we are in one world order right now, one where many of us spend our whole lives avoiding death. Some think of it as a dark void of nothingness. Some think of it as a court date. Our dualistic thinking comes into play. Black, white, wrong, good, bad, heaven, hell, and based on our lives, we'll be sentenced accordingly. And so we spend our lives working to amass points for ourselves, comparing our lives to others. Are we good enough? Did we do enough? How can I look better in God's eyes? That thing of thinking can take us, that kind of thinking can take us to a very dark place and or a very self-righteous or self-loathing or self-focused place. And so we practice avoidance. We practice, practice escapism. We become obsessed with health, monitor every vital sign, hoping to ward it off one more year. Yet each birthday that rolls around, each loved one who passes reminds us that we are not, after all, so successful at our avoidance. So we try to secure things for ourselves as if any of, the belong, as if any of this belongs to us in the first place, even people we treat as property, our wives, children, we think we somehow own them or have a right to own or possess them. What Jesus is trying to point out is that though, pe though people here craft our whole lives around the fear of death, 
in the age to come, meaning after death, all are important as our wives and our husbands and our children are to us. And I realize that what the author realizes, what he's saying is people don't necessarily want to hear this. We want to be surrounded when we die by the people closest to us here. He does not believe that he will, they will, we will be reunited with loved ones in the afterlife, but he also believes that when we die and open our eyes for the first time, we will be in a new understanding of what loved one means. Love is love and love becomes real. And we don't feel that we need to claim just one or two or 10 souls as our family. All do not have the feeling of fear or caution and we will have all the knowledge needed to understand perfectly. All the emotions we have here that guide us right or wrong will give way to only love. Think about how that might play out. If we were to actually take Jesus at his word on this, how differently would we live, not in fear of death, but knowing that in God all are alive? Would it not increase our joy of living here? Would it not take away any need to be angry or aggressive or negative toward one another? What if we read scripture, not as an obstacle to our lives or something that we would keep us on a straight path, and, but as an opportunity to live the life God has desired for us, to have life and to have it more abundantly? What if we read it through the, tent, through the lens of love like Jesus did? And what if all along Jesus had been seeing God very differently than we do and trying to get us to see God as he sees God? Jesus is God. His father, as he calls him, is incredibly effervescent. To use one of James Allison's favorite descriptions for God, God is effervescent, irrepressible, and full of light. The God Jesus sees is full of life, and in it is life so contagious that it cannot be contained. It flows over into every living and knowing thing, changes the way we think and act, and approach the earthly end of our lives. Resurrection is not a miracle that sometimes happens, but rather the normal state of things on account of being full of life. That is who God is. The power and deathlessness of God is almost unimaginable to us. Would understand and not be aggressive or negative. Let us bow in prayer. Dear God, we thank you once again for this day that you provided to us to come and worship and learn more about you and praise your name. We just give all thanks to you. In your holy name we pray, amen. For the final hymn, please stand and join in singing Faith of Our Fathers, found on page 279.
Please bow for the benediction. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Amen.